to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And we'll be looking at verse 4. The last several weeks we have answered the questions, Who is Jesus? And we know from what we looked at, He is the Son of God, He is the Savior. Then we answered the question, what do we do with Jesus once we know who he is? And we looked at how we are to receive him as our Lord and Savior, repenting of our sins. And today we're going to end this series by answering the question, where do we go? Where do we go with Jesus? Now that we know all that we need to know about Him, that He is our Lord and Savior, we have received Him as our Lord and Savior. But when we look at the question, where do we go with Jesus? What do we do with Jesus and who is Jesus? We also need to remember that there are multitudes of people who do not know these things. There are multitudes of people who are lost. So what do we do? Where do we go with Jesus Christ? Should there be any limitations on where we go with Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Again, open your Bibles to John chapter 4, and we'll be looking at verse 4. It's written, and he must needs go through Samaria. And he must needs go through Samaria. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you today, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, just be with us today as we worship. Just illuminate your word and just open up our hearts today. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision today, just pray that you would speak to their hearts today. And again, Lord, we just lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that are traveling, Lord. We just ask your blessings upon them as well today. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. Just give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross today. Let the words that are spoken be your words. 
And again, Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, to answer the question, where do we go with Jesus? I want to look at Jesus' mission into Samaria. We know from the Great Commission, if we were to look at Matthew 28, verse 19, we know from the Great Commission that we are to go into all the world. We are to teach all nations the things that Jesus Christ has taught us in his word. Christians are to go into all nations. And when we look at the call to go into all nations, we must realize that that is a call that has no limitations attached. We're to go anywhere and everywhere to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pretty much, we are to go from our front door into all the world. That is what Jesus told the disciples, and that's what we see in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, the disciples started in Jerusalem, and then they went out from Jerusalem and all to Judea, Samaria, and then all the way into Rome and the outermost parts of the known world at the time. So the gospel is to be a gospel of no limitations. Christians are not to limit where the gospel goes. And we see this through the example of Jesus Christ. In John 4.4 it says he must needs go through Samaria. And there is significance in that verse. There's significance there. Now, what we see, if you look back at verse 3, is that Jesus had been teaching in Judea, and the disciples and Jesus, they leave Judea, and they are going back into Galilee. And that was roughly about a 60 to 80 mile trek. And typically, what the Jews would do is they would not take the direct route that went through Samaria. They would bypass Samaria. They would go into a region to the east called Perea, and then they would go up into the region of the ten cities called the Decapolis, and then over back to the west to get into Galilee. So a religious Jew would bypass, completely bypass Samaria. They would not go into Samaria. And the reason for this is the Jews looked down upon the Samaritans. And the reason they looked down upon the Samaritans is because of something that happened several hundred years before, and that is when the northern kingdom of Israel was taken over by the Assyrian Empire the Samaritans were a result of the intermarriages between the Assyrians and the Jews of the northern kingdom. So 
a religious Jew would look at a Samaritan as being of mixed race, mixed between Jew and Gentile. So they would not view them as being Jewish. They would view them as being Gentiles and thus to be shunned. They would not let the Samaritans come into their synagogues. They would not let the Samaritans go to the temple to worship, even though the Samaritans viewed themselves as Jewish. The religious Jews in Judea would not allow this to happen. Likewise, there was a mutual hatred between the two groups. Not just a dislike. It was a mutual hatred between the two groups. And this is why the religious Jews would travel miles out of their way, pretty much doubling the time it would take to get from Judea into Galilee. They would bypass, completely bypass Samaria. And this was not an easy trek for them. They would have to cross the Jordan River to get into Perea, Decapolis, and then cross the Jordan River again to go back into Galilee. Just making a a half moon to get around going through Samaria. So instead of opening their arms and welcoming the Samaritans, who was of Jewish blood, and and instead of allowing them access to the religious functions that the Jews did, they shunned them. They completely shunned them. Yet, look at John 4.4. Jesus is doing something Jews would not do. It says he must needs go through Samaria. He must go. He needed to go through Samaria. He is telling us and teaching us that we are to shun no one. We are to shun no one. He must needs go through Samaria. It was his divine prerogative to go into Samaria. It was his divine mission to go into Samaria. His divine agenda that led him into Samaria. He must go. He needed to go. Why? If we continue to read, he had an appointment that he had to keep. He had an appointment he had to keep. He had an appointment with someone who needed to hear the truth. And it was a divine appointment that was set up before he created all things. He needed to go into Samaria to tell someone who was lost about living water. That's why he went into Samaria. And what we see is 
this divine appointment to meet with one person turned into a divine appointment that lasted two days because he stayed with the Samaritans two days because they asked him to stay. He stayed with the Samaritans two days and then if you look at verse 41 in chapter 4 it says, and many, and many believed on his name. So his divine appointment with one person led to many Samaritans believing on him. That's why he went into Samaria to keep that appointment. And we also see he went into Samaria and he did something that Jews normally would never do. He talked to them. He talked to them. When was the last time that you talked to someone who didn't like you? He talked to them. And he teaches us something. When we look at the question now, where do we go with Jesus? We go anywhere and everywhere with no limitations. We go anywhere and everywhere to share the gospel with no limitations, even where we would be hated. Even where we would be hated. He must needs go through Samaria. And think about what Jesus did here. He and the disciples went somewhere where they would be hated. Not just disliked. Hated. When was the last time you went somewhere where you knew the people hated you? Let me rephrase that question. Would you go somewhere where you knew the people hated you? How many of us would say yes? Not many. Because we might not get out of that place with our skin intact. We would limit ourselves. But we see from Jesus' example, he didn't limit himself. He went where he knew the people would hate him because he was Jewish. And he went to an area where he, as a Jew, should hate those people. But he didn't hate them. He loved them. And he showed love to them. And he loved them because they're his creation. Now think about it. What does that also teach us? Are we to hate anyone? No. We're to show love even to the most unlovable of people. We're to show love to people that would say to our face that they hate us. 
You see, when a Christian stands before God, at the judgment seat of Christ, where Christians are judged, when we stand before God, when we stand before Jesus Christ, not only are we going to be judged for our life as a Christian, we're going to be judged by how much we show love. Because we're to love. Because Christ tells us we're to love. And we're to show love the way he shows love. But very few people would go where they're hated. They would limit themselves instead of going. But we're never to limit ourselves in such a way. But not only do we see in the example of Jesus Christ going to a place where he was hated or would have been hated, we see it also in the example of the apostles. If you look in the book of Acts, think about the apostles going to the places where they would have been hated as they shared the message of Jesus Christ. They went into Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. They went into Jewish cities. They went into Greek cities. They went into Roman cities. They went into cities where people were pagans, where they were worshiping numerous gods. They went into an area where they knew that their message would be ridiculed, where they would be ridiculed. They went into areas where they knew that their message would be unpopular, where they would be unpopular. Yet they went. They did not limit themselves on where they went to share the gospel. And think about something else. Their messages were so hated, how many of them were martyred for the name of Jesus Christ? Paul was martyred, Peter was martyred, James was martyred, all of them except John. John was the only one who was not martyred, but he had been imprisoned. They faced ridicule, they faced stonings, they faced prison, they faced beatings, and they faced martyrdom for Jesus Christ. But we also have an example of putting no limitations on where we share the gospel, even with missionaries. Think of the countless number of missionaries through the years who have went to areas, the deepest, darkest jungles, all over the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Places where they would be hated, where they would be feared. where they would be shunned, where they would be martyred. Over the years, countless people have died for an unpopular and hated gospel around the world. And why is it so unpopular? 
I can give you two reasons. The first is something that we looked at last week. It's unpopular because Jesus makes us confront our sin. When we hear the gospel message, we're confronted by the fact that we are sinful. When we see the cross of Jesus Christ, we're confronted by the fact that we are sinful. Jesus and the cross makes us confront our sin. Thus the cross and the teaching of the cross is unpopular. Thus, Jesus Christ is hated. It's an offense. And remember, the cross is not some diamond-studded, gold-encrusted cross that you see in a cathedral. It's not a plain wood cross that you see in a Protestant church. The cross is a rough piece of wood that's blood-stained. That was a Roman instrument of torture and execution. So when people come face-to-face with the cross, they come face-to-face with the blood-stained cross. They come face-to-face with the Savior who has died upon it. It's unpopular to do that, to spread that message. It reminds people of their sin. It's an offense to the world. That's one reason why it's unpopular. And another reason why the gospel message is unpopular is because Christians make it unpopular. How many times do we not share love? How many times do we not show love to others? The message of the cross, yes, is a message where we are to repent of our sins. Where we're to turn from sin and depravity and turn to Jesus Christ, but it's also a message of love. Don't forget love when you share the gospel message. But overall, the gospel is an offense because Jesus is an offense. Because he makes us confront the fact that we're sinful, yet we're to go where the gospel is offensive. We're to go where people will not like the message that we're to share. But when we share the message, we have to share it in love and show love as we share it, even when we would be hated. And if you think about where the gospel is offensive, it's offensive everywhere. 
even in the United States. It's offensive because it makes people confront their sin. But we're to share the gospel everywhere. We're to look at the example of Jesus Christ and place no limitations on where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to look at the example of the apostles and put no limitations on where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to look at the example of the missionaries and put no limitations on where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to share it everywhere. To anyone who has an ear to hear it. And we're to do it in love. Because, as Francis Safer once wrote, love is the mark of the Christian. It's what should set us apart from everyone else. When people look at a Christian, they are to see the love of Jesus Christ radiating from us. Not hate, not disdain. They're to see love. Love is the mark. And we see this with Jesus Christ when he goes to a place where he knew the people would hate him. And he showed them love. He must needs go through Samaria. And he went into Samaria and taught the people. And many believed on him. And we're to go everywhere with Jesus. Where we will be hated, where the message will be hated, we're to go and share the gospel. Telling others the good news of Jesus Christ. Because our Samaria is right outside the door of the church. And we're to go and tell others the news of Christ. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, I just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the message and the example that you give us. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with the love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.